Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Hey, welcome to Anthem. We're so glad to have you today, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today because today's a very special day. Today, I believe God is going to just speak something into your heart and put a deposit in you that is going to, has the potential, I'm not going to promise you, but it has the potential of transforming your world, transforming your outlook, and transforming your future. And so I'm very excited today to have my good friend Patrice Sagi with me uh, here. And we want to talk to you for a little bit and uh, about uh, some things. And of course, uh, all of you are aware of the recent unrest in our society that continues to this day in uh, cities and in locations all over our nation and in many parts of the world, it seems like. And it all began with an unjust uh, event in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where uh, George Floyd was terribly uh, abused and, uh, and killed, just murdered by a police officer. And that triggered a response all over the world. And, all over, and, and what it also did is it triggered a lot of discussions that needed to take place. Discussions that, you know, from, from, uh, from here I am as a white man, a discussion that I thought were already being had. And then on Patrice's side, there were discussions that they were asking, when are we gonna have these discussions, okay? Yeah. And so we're operating from this point of view that, that really, um, really uh, was so necessary for there to be a catalyst. Now, the tragedy of a death is not the kind of catalyst we wanted, but this is where we find ourselves. So um, I'm, I'm so glad, Patrice, you're here with me because we, it's so necessary to have these conversations, not just one conversation. Yes. Not just uh, two or let's just deal with it now and then, okay, when all the emotion's gone, it just kind of rolls off and rolls into uh, a nothingness, right? That can't happen. We have to keep um, talking about this. And also, I believe it's the church, God's people, and the kingdom of God that has the ability to bring the, the life-giving message that needs to be declared. The Bible is very clear that God created one, one from one man, all nations, all cultures, all peoples. That means we are related. That's right. We're brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> and we're family. Amen. And that means um, we have to have some of these discussions. So Patrice and I had some great discussions and uh, have had continued uh, discussions. And um, I've listened and what I've found is the things that he shares have been just uh, challenging and touching and I think a pathway that can really help us move forward. So um, I want to pray, Patrice, 
and then I want to, to let you begin to share. So would you pray with me? And uh, I promise you, you stay in this and you're going to see God do a miracle in your life. Father, today we come to you in the matchless name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for your, your, your word. And God, the wisdom that we gain as we study it, as we learn from it, as we apply it today to our world. And God, we see that everything you wrote, everything you put in your word for a specific time and seasons. And Lord, we thank you for this time. I pray, Father, you'd give us open ears and open hearts that you would, God, cause us to be stirred, cause us to be uncomfortable, cause us to be uh, changed and transformed and our minds renewed for your glory. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Patrice, you have, God's given you something that has been just boiling in you and you decided to put it down and put it in writing and, uh, and share a little bit about what God's put on your heart. Amen. Well, Pastor Brad, thank you. Greetings, everybody. Actually, this, this message was the Lord gave it to me uh, prior, uh, years before we had the first black president, Obama. Uh, and I thought it was a message to prepare God's people, particularly African-Americans, uh, around the path with those forgiveness and reconciliation where we be really can walk into our destiny. And when Obama became president, I said, oh, Lord, maybe because I hadn't I had thought the message, but it hadn't yet fully taken off the way I thought. I got distracted, got busy. Uh, so the book never came out and, and the message never took off the way I wanted. Uh, and so I thought, OK, maybe I missed that opportunity. And when this incident occurred, I was leading the life group, the Anthem life group, a little plug here. I do the right, Anthem the life group every, every, uh, every Monday. I'm one of the life group leaders and we're leading the life group. One of the life group leaders, uh, we went into this discussion one day and he said, Patrice, you had to bring that back. That was before this, the incident, the George Floyd situation. And so when this happened, as I was reflecting upon uh, how to process it, the Lord took me back to this message, and that became a framework for me and my family to process it, for me and, and my staff to process it, and we decided to release it out to help others process it as well. And it's called the journey to freedom, because we believe that we're on the path towards freedom, both whites and blacks and all Americans and, and the world itself. The Bible says that Jesus has come to, to set us free, and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen. And, and so, so this is a redemptive look at life's trials and triumph through the eyes of Joseph. You see, whenever a situation occurs, God always gives us a biblical blueprint as to how to address it. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, no matter how difficult or how challenging, think back at Scripture and say, where is this pattern in the Bible? Because in there, you'll find principles and guidelines to address the situation in a the, in the redemptive manner. Otherwise, will we'll yield to the, to the ways of the world, which is not redemptive. Correct. Which unfortunately will, will, will make the problem worse and make us feel worse, even though we may feel a sense of vengeance, may feel a sense of settling for a short time. Mm -hmm. But the Word of God does bring about redemption. 
So it, it begins with uh, Genesis 45, verse 7. I want you to turn there if you can, Genesis 45, verse 7 and 8. And, and it kind of starts at the end of Joseph's life where it says this, Genesis 40, 45, and it says this, And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. A pastor, years before Obama became president, when the Lord began to show me this, what he showed me is that African-Americans were not sent to America by Europeans who bought and sold them in slavery. Amen. Now, it's a, it's a tough thing to kind of settle it because you're like, as grievous as that incident was, that situation was, you said that God had a purpose, God allowed, had a pur- yes, he did. If you were born out of wedlock, God had a purpose, he intended it. Yeah. If you were born out of rape, God had a purpose, he intended it. In other words, whatever, whatever the devil means for evil, God always uses it for good. And so that gave me, so that I took a look, I said, okay, if God, if this was your intent, if Joseph N is, could be the same end as the end of African Americans, let's take a look back to see how it started and how we can end up here. So my intent was to say, if I can get my people, black people, not just African Americans, but African as well, because uh, one of the things that for blacks, there's, a, there's this general universal plight for blacks of, of feeling victimized uh, by, either, by Europeans or by Americans. You know, there's a sense, of, so we all feel that. And some of it very justified. For sure, history uh, definitely uh, supports that feeling. But if you don't process that feeling redemptively, it can take you in a very dark place, can make you unfulfilled. So I asked the Lord, Lord, how do I get us to embrace this scripture so that we can, like Joseph, walk out the fullness of our destiny. Wow. Because that was my thought. If, if we can embrace this, could you imagine that every black person in America can begin to see that God sent them yes. before for purpose? So then the question becomes, okay, God, what's the purpose? And am I walking out that purpose? I believe if... We in America who are black, people of color, are walking out that purpose, then there wouldn't be riots. We would even have to march because the will of God will take place. I mean, so first you have to believe that. Yes. Right? So then we say, okay, let's go back at it. So where did Joseph begin that ended him here? And so I began to flush out a process to allow for this redemptive conversation, for me to walk out my own de- destiny and help my people, African-Americans, walk out their own. That's fantastic. So it begins, go ahead, sir. Well, he, Joseph didn't know. He didn't know, that's he correct. He didn't know, just like many don't know today. Exactly, exactly. So that's why this is so uh, important that's to right. capture. Hindsight and, is always twenty twenty. And many people <laughs> caught up in their own, own pain and brokenness you got don't it. know and don't see themselves. That's right. That's why for me it was so revelatory because I said, wow. So if I know where the end is, it makes it easier for me to handle the now. That's fantastic. Right? If I'm yes. not sure of the end, then the now seems unbearable. 
That's when, when Obama became president, I thought, oh, Lord, fulfilled. Close the book. Don't need to do it. But you made a point earlier, Pastor. You said, for many blacks, we felt we hadn't yet had the full conversation. For many white, they felt, well, well, we had the first black president. Case closed. And many blacks felt that. But here's the reality. During the Obama era, many blacks felt that Obama's, the attacks on him was in part driven by race. So it actually, for many blacks, after the first, after the celebration, many blacks saw the attacks on Obama as a, 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 a validation that we had not gone over it. And, and that was the issue. Now, for many, it was political. For many, it was maybe it had been values. But for many blacks, it was personal. Okay. And, and that's the distinction between maybe white and blacks when we process things. Because for many whites, the sense is, well, wait a minute. I'm not attacking him because of a black man. It's because he may be anti-abortion. It may be because he may be a pro-gay marriage. It may be because he may be right uh, for big government. So you're processing it politically. Right. But we are processing it as the first black president. We're, not, we're processing it socially, not politically. We're processing it from a standpoint of how far we've come. I've never said this publicly. Let me say this. Okay. I voted for Obama. I'm a conservative, independent. I have a complete disdain for the far left. But I voted for Obama purely for historical purposes. It was, my wife and I had this debate in the house. Our house was divided. For me, it was about history. And that's the position of many blacks. Mm. See, these are things that most white people just don't know. We don't know that that, that that discussion would have gone on in your household. That those are things that, hey, we just don't know. That's yeah. why we have to listen. That's right. That's right. That's why we have to learn. That's why you have to make an effort to have these kind of conversations. Go ahead. So with that, so let's go to the beginning. Okay. So, so if you, don't even turn back to when it began. So, so let's go to Genesis. Uh, <laughs> Pastor, this may be several, <laughs> several messages, but we'll start where we stop. <laughs> I know you, you stick on time, so I'm going to respect the time. So, so if you go to Genesis, uh, so Genesis chapter 30, uh, let's see here. 37. Genesis 37, where it all began. Now, so for Joseph, it began with the dream, right? So Joseph had this dream of a future of what he'll become. But at the moment when Joseph had the dream, the way he interpreted the dream was from a posture of arrogance and superiority, right? Which then meant that God had to take him through a process, right? And so if you look at Genesis chapter 37, let's see here, verse 5, let's look at it. Verse 5, it says, Now Joseph had had a dream, he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream, which I have dreamed there were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheave rose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And then, let's go on. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his word. Now, let me say this. So what does that do African-Americans? Pastor, there was a time 
in the history of African Africans where they were in a position of greatness. And, and, and one of the challenges with our history books, it often begins black history at slavery. And so for many blacks, their history starts at slavery or it starts at colonism. But you've got to go all the way back. If you look at world history, you will see that, you know, it, modern world history, when I say modern, you starting with Egypt, you see that, you know, if you look at the, 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 how knowledge evolved, Egypt, Greece, Rome, and from Rome, you have the creation of the West. Mm -hmm. Well, where's Egypt? In Africa. In Africa, right? And so if you go there, you go further back. So the point is, there was a time where Africans were dreamers, where blacks were dreamers. Also, another thing to note is that if we're going to have a redemptive conversation, we not only must know that we dreamt at one point, we had a position to dream at one point, but also we can still dream today. So here's the question. Can we dream together of a better America? Mm. Can we dream together of an America, of the kind of America that Martin Luther King, the modern day dreamer dreamt of? An America where your little children and my little children will walk together in brotherhood. Right? That's the dream. That's the dream. So yes, Africans dreamt once, and we as Americans must dream today. Because if we don't begin with a picture of a preferred future, Correct. then we're not going to get there. Correct. Now, at this point of the dream, Joseph, the way he interpreted the dream, was not as the way it ended. But it was around the same area, meaning that he saw, he saw greatness from the position of from a posture of positional greatness versus service, versus a model of serving, right? But he saw greatness either way. So here's, the, so, so here's the point. If we're going to get there as a people, we must preserve Martin Luther King's dream. So I have to believe in it. Yes. You have to believe in it. Despite George Floyd, despite any other incident that occurred, despite how I think Obama was treated, Despite what I think, whatever the reason is, I, as an American, must believe in an America that is possible based on the Declaration of Independence. Amen. If we can't believe that, full stop. We can't even start the conversation. That's why I said last week in my message that the Founding Fathers said things prophetically That's in right. there That's right. that they didn't even live out. That's right. But they spoke of a, of a day. That's right. And, That's right. uh, and I think we're still moving towards that. That's right. And we have to keep that picture That's in right. front of us. Is anybody painting that picture yet today? That's right. I don't know if I've seen it painted. In it's the, it's in definitely not happening in the media. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why, you know, your role as, as a pastor, you feel the church must paint that picture. You know, and so if, if you're African-Americans, if you face brutality, if you're white and you've seen a viciousness from blacks, if you're, if you're white, you, you, you're angry about what's happened to blacks. If you're black, you, whatever you are, let's all agree that that dream is possible. Yes. Right? Can Don't we agree work. to that? That is so powerful. All right. So the next thing then, the betrayal. Okay. So after Joseph had his dream, right, then there happened the betrayal. So if you can look at Genesis 37 again, look at verse 12. It says, verse 12 says, then his brothers went to feed their father's flock by, in, in Shishem 
And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Sheshem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to them, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see it if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back the word. So he sent them out to look for his brothers. But then look at what happens. Verse 18. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired to kill him. Then he said to one another, they, they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him onto some pit. We shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what shall become of this dream. So they were jealous of him. Yes. Now, whether this is true or not, Pastor Brad, many of us blacks have a sense that the demise of Africa by the Europeans was out of jealousy. Many of us as black mm -hmm. feel as though the attacks on the bomb was due to jealousy. Now, whether that's true or not, no one's in the people's heart, but there's this sense, but there's human, there's this human sense of wanting to one over the other. And that's not just a white person thing. By the way, Africans did the same thing, and we'll get to that. Yeah. So here it is, because of jealousy, Joseph is about to go betrayed by his own brother. Watch this. Slavery was not just a betrayal of the Europeans against the blacks, but it was a betrayal of the blacks against the blacks. It began as a trade. Mm -hmm. It was business. Africans sold Africans. So we betrayed our own. And that's what the Lord began to show me. See, before I was saved, I always blamed Europe and white Americans and white America. And what God showed us the trees, no. It wasn't the fault of the Egyptians. It was the fault of the Israelites. They sold their own. Mm -hmm. So the betrayal has occurred because we were not our brother's keepers. If you go back to Genesis earlier with Cain and Abel. Yeah. So we have to all take responsibility for this betrayal. So then here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Can we admit the sins of our ancestors? I'm an African-born. I'm not African-Americans. So I must admit that my ancestors sold their brother, their cousin, their aunt, their uncle to somebody else. That's, that's pretty harsh when you're an African. Oh, yeah. And you are, you're, your people were not sold. Exactly. They were so the ones that sold. They were the ones that sold. sold. We have to take responsibility. Because until we do, see, because here's the thing. Imagine if Joseph kept blaming Egypt. Right. Right? So, because Joseph has to go back to how it all began. Now, equally, the Egyptians must admit that it was wrong of them to buy a human being and to treat that human being like an animal or a thing. Right? Right? So we all have to take responsibility so, so let's come to agreement that some of our forefathers betrayed their fellow man due to sin. Thus, we are now collectively suffering the consequences. You know what, Pastor Brad? My ancestors made a mess. Your ancestors made a mess. They made a mess that you and I today are victims of. Yes. My wife and I were talking about the uh, Ireland 
and uh, the Irish slave trade that happened That's in right. the 1600s. That's right. That's right. Where there was the population of Ireland went from 1.5 million to 650,000. That's right. That's right. And almost 900,000 were sold as slaves into America by their own brethren. That's right. And that's the other thing. Slavery was not, was not a black and white thing. Slavery was a human thing. It's been a cancer in the human soul. Oh, it's sin. Yeah, it's sin purely. It's, it's sin. sin. Yeah. And by the way, Pastor, unfortunately today, there are over 40 million people still in the world, still in slavery. Whether it's, um, whether it's sex trafficking, there are people today yes. around the world that are in the shadows now in the shadows. but they're still in slavery it's no longer legal but, but God, it is happening we're going to see God do a miracle on that Amen. side too so, so once Joseph was betrayed as we Africans betrayed our own as Europeans betrayed their own then it led to the struggle so first of all we got to believe the dream is possible exactly We've got to acknowledge our sin you got and the it. betrayal. You got it. Okay. And he all went along. And that's everybody. That everybody. We got to do that together. All of us are guilty. Okay. Because we're all guilty. That's right. That's right. right. And, and, and part of the betrayal of acknowledging is, is being willing to talk about it. It's okay for me to share why I feel betrayed. You know, many times, many blacks feel as though when they start talking about how they feel, whites shut down. Right. Because you think I'm blaming you. Yeah. Right. And or if you talk about your betrayal, I shut down because that says yours is as bad as mine. <laughs> All right. But what if the Indian came? What if the Indian came and sat down here and he said, wait a minute, you black, you think you had a bad. Well, let me tell you, let me talk about my betrayal. I have no land. <laughs> right. We are not in reserve. See, everybody got that. <laughs> what if the Jews sat, sat here? Oh he said, let me tell you about my betrayal. You right. see, so we, we have to be willing to hear each other's betrayal. And no, no, no one's betrayal is greater than the other. Right. Uh, for sure. <laughs> oh, that, that is so important. I mean, because here's, here, you know, I, I golf with my friend who's German. <laughs> I went to the Holocaust Museum. There was like a little uh, 35 pages of Makowski's and wow. Adabovitz. Wow. My mom and dad's name. Wow that had 65 names per page wow. of my relatives and ancestors that were were gassed or cooked oh in God. the furnaces of Auschwitz. Wow. And, uh, and the, do now I look at every German person and say, I cannot, you cannot be my friend or blame them. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which then after the betrayal, it led to the struggle. Good. So we have to then understand the struggle. You know, for Joseph, you know, was the pit, the prison, and slavery. He had struggle. Can we recognize the effect of the betrayal, right? That some of us are still struggling today due to in inequities in our system. Yes. And others are struggling on how to deal with the pains of the past and its consequences. You see, if we can accept the betrayal, Pastor Brad, we can also accept that there are many who are struggling because of that today. Yeah. And, and we can't um, try to uh, 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 talk it away. Right. These are real struggles. And, and different people have different variations how, how they're struggling with it. Yeah. We must allow them to talk about their pain. Yeah. So, Otherwise, they'll never be free. Absolutely. 
Uh, and I think about, again, when you look at other instances, I think about even what I just spoke of. There was a justice that took place right. where, you know, the, the people that did that were, right. Right. were uh, you know, right. are, are, some of them are still being chased. That's right. That's right. right? That's right. Um, but there has there been no justice yeah. when it comes to the African-American. And that's the, and that's the debate, right? Because yeah. that's part of the issue. Many African-Americans feel that uh, that's why you hear the debate of reparation come up. And, 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 and so, so whether you agree with it or not, it's important to understand why they feel that way. And the struggle. Right. Exactly. Because if I don't think you understand why, or even you accept that I can feel that way, then I have a hard time accepting your wisdom. Because immediately my subconscious says he must be racist. Now that's harsh, but that's the default, right? No, he must maybe ignorant or maybe don't understand. Right. Maybe don't sympathize, but it's not necessarily racism, right? It's just, I'm not familiar. Right. But so allowing that dialogue to take place and then saying, you know what? I, okay, I understand how you feel. Right. I may not agree with the solution, but I understand why you feel that way. So if I can absorb that initial, initial flow. You got it. And absorb that in unconditional love. That's right. And say, talk to me about that. That's right. That changes everything. It cha you, you've got my trust. Because I, I feel... I think you're giving a key for people right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel at peace. I feel like I can be vulnerable with you. I, I don't feel judged, right? I, I don't feel that you're, that because of me sharing, you, you make me feel like I'm less than a man or I'm, I'm just whining because I'm justly, I'm justifiably hurt by the, yeah. str by, by the struggle. I, I haven't been able to find a job or I've been rejected because of my race or the police profiles me mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be, I have to work twice as hard. These are conversations that happen in black families, right? For instance, I have, a, I have girls versus boys. I have it easy. My black friends with boys have it double hard. And it's not right. It, it shouldn't be that way. But it is. It is. So absorbing their feelings in the conversation, it's probably going to be even more intense than you know, what, the, what you'd feel. Oh, that's correct. correct, that's correct. You know, what's also interesting is that um, I did a series of podcasts where I interviewed various, various uh, people, whites, African-Americans, you'll be on on Friday as well. And, um, and as I did an interview, I interviewed an African-American where we talked about the fact that others have struggled as well. And if I had a race, uh, racism or slavery, was universal thing. And he said something interesting. He said, Patrice, for me, here's the difference. For the Jew, he could pass on as white, right? For the Brad, who with the Irish background that was slave, he could pass. Just like a very light-skinned white black person could pass. He said, but for me, dark-skinned black person, I couldn't pass. So that burden, I had to keep carrying it with me. Now, unless you're black, it's hard to understand that. Yeah. But that's, so, so he said, yeah, we've struggled, but at least 
you can pass. For me, I'll wear my struggle. Yeah. After the struggle, there's the rise to greatness. Now, so as Joseph struggled from the pit to the slavery to the prison, there came a day. Let's look at Genesis 40, chapter 41, verse 40. There came a day where there was that, 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 that victory moment for him. And if you look at verse 40, of, of, oh, there it is. He says, so Joseph has a solution for the nation, right? And he's brought out of his struggle by Pharaoh himself. And as he's brought out of his struggle, here's what Pharaoh says, I mean, says to him. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. So now he's risen to greatness. If we can embrace the struggle with dignity. Now, there are two kinds of struggle. There are struggles that are due to injustice and struggles that's designed based because of my ignorance or my disobedience. Whatever the purpose of the struggle, it doesn't really matter. If I can embrace it with dignity, out of that, rise righteously, God will make a way for me to rise to greatness. Amen. And that's the hurdle. Now, you help me to do that by you allowing me to talk about my struggle. By you accepting my struggle as real. That helps me to be able to rise to greatness or to embrace the greatness that's coming to me. And I believe for African-Americans, for Africans, for whites, for all those who life have thrown them different obstacles, whether your parents betrayed you, whether your brothers betrayed you, your husband betrayed you, your mother betrayed you, your father betrayed you, whatever the betrayal was, the system betrayed you, their greatness that awaits you. I hope you're captured. If you can wow. stay the course and and embrace the journey of the struggle with dignity. Come on. And that's what happened to Joseph. Come on, that's right. Now, as, that, as he rose to greatness, then, here's the key now, you now must forgive. The next thing that happened to Joseph, he had to forgive. Forgiveness is the next piece. Now, you can make a case that you can forgive as you come out of the struggle, or you can forgive at the level of greatness. It doesn't matter. But the reason why I believe that forgiveness occurred after for Joseph because, see, many times as we go through the struggle, we forget the betrayal, right? We forget the betrayal. And as we've been risen to greatness, we forget the betrayal until something reminds us. Let's look at it. Look at Genesis 45. Yeah. Very, so Genesis, after, as Joseph's brothers come to Egypt, their very presence reminds him of what they did to him. It's been many years. Yeah. And then as they go back and forth, and Joseph is struggling within himself as to how to deal with these betrayers, he must forgive. And here's evidence of that. Genesis 45, 5, once he forgives, but now, once he forgives, and pastor, I don't have time to go there, but if you look at that interaction in 45, Mm-hmm. What leads for the forgiveness is back at verse 40, chapter 44, where Judah intercedes for Benjamin. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Judah is one of the guys who betrayed him. Benjamin is Joseph's full brother. Same mother, same father. Now, for you Americans to understand this, I come from a polygamous family where my grandfather had 80 wives. In that kind of situation, guess what? Your full brother or full sister is more real than your half-brother or half-sister, even though you're all part of the same family. So for Joseph, everything was about preserving Benjamin's life. I couldn't care about the rest. Okay, that helps. Yes, because Benjamin is my real brother. You guys are betrayers, right? But then when Judah steps in and intercedes for Benjamin's life as though it was his brother as well, equally to Joseph, guess who Judah is? In the loins of Judah is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He puts his life up for Benjamin. Wow. That is ministers to Joseph. Now, Joseph's heart is softened because Jesus came out of Judah. It wasn't Judah because he was a betrayer. It was Jesus. Come on. In the loins of Judah was the Savior. The Savior came out and said, I will give my life for Benjamin. Wow. And that led to Joseph's forgiveness. And then guess what? Joseph then says, but now... Do not therefore be grieved or angry to the betrayer. He's saying that to the whites. He's saying that to the Africans. He's saying that those who sold them bought them. He says, but yourself, because you sold me here. He didn't deny what happened. He said, you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. There was a purpose. Yes. God had to send me ahead. And because of sin... And the will of man, he used broken men to send me before you. Now, pastor, today, Africa is the most impoverished continent in the world. There are 10% of the world's poor around the world. In other words, 10% of the world are poor. 90% of those 10% are in one continent, Africa. Watch this. The most, the wealthiest, most intellectual, collective group of blacks are where? Not in Africa, in America. The children of Joseph. So, if Africa is to be saved, guess who they must rely on? Joseph. Joseph. Guess where they went for help? Joseph. Are you following me? At a time of global famine, as Africa faces all that is facing, political unrest, corruption, all of that, the, the ones that are capable of helping them are the very ones they sold. So which means if the African-American does not wake up to its purpose. Destiny and purpose. Oh my yes. gosh. Are I, you following me? I'm following you. Which leads to the next thing, number six, destiny. Right? So once you forgive, you, 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 there's destiny is right. And then the last point, I know my time is running out, the last point is legacy. I love this. Look at chap, chap, chapter 50, verse uh, 25. Legacy. Now, chapter 50, verse 25, it says this. Then Joseph took a note from the children of Israel, saying, 
God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So we all know the scriptures that God gave Abraham a promise that he will make him a, a man of many nations, right? Yes. And, that, and that he will give him a promised land, right? The promised land. Well, we know that Egypt was not a promised land. Right. Joseph, as he's dying, he reminds them that this is not home. Think about it. At this point, Joseph is the most powerful man in Egypt other than Pharaoh. There's complete favor for the Israelites in Egypt because they saved the nation. Their God saved the nation. At that very moment of favor, Joseph reminds them, this is not home. And you know what happened in Exodus chapter 1. There comes a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. That sets a course for them walking out of Egypt, going to legacy. He sets forth a course for the future of the people. Here's the point. What legacy are we leaving to our children? We must come together and believe and build the America of the future so that my great-grandchildren, Pastor Brad, your great-grandchildren can walk in America that they don't have to face what we just faced this year. What legacy? Yeah, that's a, that's so Joseph did not want his legacy to be that he was prime minister of Egypt. Right. He didn't want his legacy to be around the He wanted his legacy around the destiny, the call that God had for his great, 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 great grandfather. Until we're able to see our lives in the context of divine history, yes. we'll miss it every time. We'll get caught up in fighting human fights versus fighting eternal battles. So what would you say to somebody who's watching here as you wrap this up and just say, how can they begin to, to step into this? Okay. Well, I would say this. Step one, start, begin to dream again. No matter what happened, begin to dream again. Awaken that dream. Dream of a great America. Dream of a great life for yourself. Whatever has happened in your past, whatever it is, begin to dream again. And as you dream, you know, begin to reconcile your past, begin to deal with all that stuff, right? You know, let the Word of God help you kind of deal with all that. With a yeah. understanding. That's right. That's right. That it is, that it is, this is going to take you somewhere. It's going to take you somewhere, yeah. And it's in the midst of that. So, and it's going to be good. That's whatever. right. And then you got to forgive. You got to forgive. If, if you're black, you got to forgive the system. You got to forgive the cop. You got to forgive whites. You got to forgive your parents. You got to forgive the Africans. If you're white, you got to forgive because there are many whites who also are bitter, yeah. right? Because they feel that blacks are entitled, whatever it is. Forgive. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Right? Let it Just go. Forgive. Forget about it. Right? And embrace destiny. Don't be afraid of it. Many of us are afraid of destiny. The issue, we're afraid, we're afraid of success <laughs> because success yields about responsibility. Think about it. The one who was sold ended up being the one who helped everybody else. We don't really want that. Wow. It's responsibility. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace it. I, 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 I'm just so grateful for you, Patrice, and your willingness to come and share this is a message that is so packed full of hope. And I hope you captured that today. And uh, we'll go back to this and, and re-watch this program over and over and over again to capture more. You're also going to be doing this 
uh, through your Zoom group That's on right. Mondays. That's right. Monday That's mornings right. at yeah. 11 a.m. We're doing it right? at 11 a.m. Uh, okay. We have a, a matter of fact, next week we're going to be discussing uh, the, the the struggle. Monday. And you can join yeah. in on that. And yeah. what a great way to continue to to educate and to learn and to grow and and to embrace and then chart your course because God has a course for you that will take you to a, your ultimate destiny. And I promise you, no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've come out of, what you've been through, God has a new beginning for you. God has a great plan for you. And he will, as you surrender to everything, he surrender to his plan, okay? It's gotta be his plan. He will cause you to rise as Joseph did and cause you to, to take your place and to leave your mark on this world for the glory of the King of Kings, Jesus. Can we pray? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time to discuss, to talk, to hear this prophetic message of hope and vision. Lord, I pray that it would be clear in every ear that, Lord, you would, uh, God, speak to hearts and that you would help us to dream again uh, and to see and envision a time when all these things that we're facing today, we will look back at and say, they were history. They are history. And we're seeing a new day emerge. Father, help us to move towards you. Lord, you said if we'd seek you first, all these other things that we desire to see, so many things we have a heart for, comes when we seek you first. Maybe you're watching today and you just say, you know, Pastor Brad, I've been seeking other things first. Maybe you've been seeking vengeance. Maybe you've been seeking, um, you know, uh, your own way. Maybe all of this will not take you to where you want to go and will not bring peace to your heart. And it'll actually leave you empty at the end of the day when you've tried everything this world has to offer. Can I encourage you to, in this moment to just surrender to his plan? Say, Lord, I will make you first. God made a way for that. Our sin separates him. Our sin separates us from him. But God loved you so much, he sent Jesus to bridge that gap between you and, between, and God. And Jesus gave his life. He laid it down to be that bridge. And then all you have to do is simply invite him into your heart and ask for forgiveness. And you can start a new plant, path and walk in a way that would, will change your world forever. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just simply say, Father, forgive me. I need, your, I need you. I need your son, Jesus. I believe he's the savior, the only one who can set my life free. I turn to you and invite Jesus into my heart. Forgive me and give me a new start. Today, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, I'm, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so proud of you. Expect your world to change. Please take a moment, jot us a, a, a note, uh, write a note in the chat. Just raise your hand if you're watching on the, online. There's a place where you can check the to, to uh, let us know that you made a commitment to Jesus. If you have a prayer request, 
send that in. We will connect with you and pray with you and believe God to transform uh, transform your world. Patrice, thank you for being my guest and being with us online today. And uh, I know that God's going to do some great things. Any Amen. last thoughts? Well, thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Brand. And my prayer is that every church in America will take these kind of bold steps and begin the dialogue. Amen. I think we'll lead us somewhere. Love you, brother. Love you too. God bless. See you next time. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.